welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. It's Monday, the thirtieth of September. Joined as always by Andrew. How are you doing today, pal? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Yourself, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Well, I'm on holiday, so I, I pretty much couldn't be better, really. But you know, got to make sure the dedication to the cause. Got to make sure the podcast still gets done. So um, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've taken my microphone on holiday like a. Well, I don't want to say like a loser, like a professional podcaster. I, think. <laughs> you know what, I saw it actually. It's, um, yeah, it's International Podcast Day today, actually. So all the more reason to to get this done. Yeah, I, I, I mean, all oh, right, yeah. I don't usually pay too much attention to those things. You have like I don't know International Cushion Day and stuff, don't you? Just like completely <laughs> meaningless things. But yeah, I, I saw that one before we started recording. So um, yeah, uh, hopefully this sounds all right. Um, and hopefully I don't get interrupted by a seagull or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, we're going to talk, uh, obviously, about the weekend's game. Um, let me let me start with a question, actually. So, we obviously lost 1-0 to Liverpool this weekend. Um, both of us predicted that United would stay up this season. Do you feel better, worse or the same about our chances of staying up? Better, not just from that game, from what I've seen so far, it's a lot, we're competing a lot better than I thought we would be, we've not looked out of his depth in any game, and that you're only going to get one game harder than that, to be fair, I imagine we'll probably we'll pick up an hammer in, here and there, because you know, there are some good teams who can beat you, but I think this season it's much of a muchness outside the top two. It really does seem that way, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, if you, if you compare the performance... Uh, in this one nil defeat to to last weekend against Everton, I mean, completely mm. chalk and cheese. I mean, as I kind of said before, and I, I sort of expected the sort of flow of the game to be quite similar in terms of you know we're, we're going to have to do a lot of defending. We're yeah. we're, we're not going to have much of the ball, but actually, we pose so much more of a threat in this game than certainly than we did against Everton. But I think probably more than I could even really realistically hope. I I was really impressed with how we played and. Yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's it's a weird thing to process where it's like, um, you know, we just played the Champions of Europe and I'm actually sat here like that was a missed opportunity to actually get something out of the game. I think that was the feeling, wasn't it, after you, you were proud, you you were happy with the performance and I think this is what obviously came across in Wilder's comments, but there was that, I never thought I'd walk out of a, that game losing 1-0 and being disappointed, but I can't lie, I was disappointed at the end, I were absolutely gutted that... We're probably not going to get a better chance than that to get anything off Man City and Liverpool. But it weren't just about that. It was the manner of the goal and everything. If they'd have scored a world from 30 yards, you could have said, well, that's the difference. But to lose in that way, we're really cruel. Yeah. Well, we could, we could probably jump straight to that, actually. I, I was beforehand um, trying to think, like, uh, under what circumstances am I going to be annoyed after this game? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, knowing that I was going on holiday immediately after, obviously, uh, <laughs> it takes the edge off a little bit as well. But yeah. it was like, well, if I lose 5-0, then you're probably just like, well, you know, Liverpool are incredible. They've won the first seven games. And it's like, was it like 15 games in a row now? Something ridiculous. Yeah. 16, um, 16, 16 now. 16 yeah. now. Yeah. So, you know, if, if we got absolutely hammered, I feel like I would have just been like, well, you know, what can you do? Um, and, and yeah, I had, I had in my mind, like, conceding a last-minute goal. That's lose. what I said, exactly that. So as long as we don't concede last minute at 0-0, I'll be all right, but then, yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, the, the gods conspired to, uh, to throw up another scenario, which which left us, uh, oh, I don't know, I, I just had my, my head in my hands. I, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it, really. Just out of nothing. I mean, this is a bit of recycle playing it. Wijnaldum hits a, 
he hits a pretty firmly struck shot from the edge of the area straight into Henderson's hands he doesn't really need to move um, it's quite a low shot so he has to crouch down and then yeah it just sort of trickles through him into the net Massimo Ta- did you see that it was like the anniversary of that do you remember Massimo Taibi the um, Man United goalkeeper oh yeah it was yeah like- against Southampton exactly it was it was the anniversary of that the other day yeah. freakishly so um, yeah definitely shades of that oh. trickles into the net and, and that proves to be the only goal of the game and yeah I mean once again you come back to this thing of like so many goals that we've conceded are so avoidable and again that is really frustrating isn't it when you think so- Sitting on the upper tier, and it, it honestly sort of went in in slow motion. It, it mm. I, I, you just saw, you thought almost like as it like trickled in. I, I don't know if you've seen it from behind the net. You probably aren't have actually, but it goes in so slow. I mean, I'm not. I don't think he could have got it, but it was like, yeah. no, this can't. Yeah, is this happening? It's like so you had so much time to process exactly what had gone on, and I was just stood with my head in my hands for genuinely for about two minutes to be yeah, honest. Yes, same. I think. Well, don't you, I was um, uh, at the far end, and yeah, I, I could see. I sort of saw almost immediately he's messed that up, like it's gone through him. But then, as you say, it was like another three or four seconds, it felt like, before it actually went in. Because I was like, has that, okay, he's messed it up. Has it definitely gone in? And then, yeah, nobody actually made a move to sort of clear it. So, yeah, I mean, what can you say with Henderson? I mean, the reactions of Henderson himself, as I said, because I was sitting up here, and then he had his head in his hands himself for a good. Sort of two minutes after, and then as we were on the attack, we were out for a throw in, or you know, one of their players were injured, or one of our players were injured. I just kept looking at him, and he was just like crouched with you know, with his his hands over his face, or mm. so yeah, it would he, he knew obviously, and I, he just looked absolutely gutted. I mean, to be fair, he came back, he, he made two routine mm. saves after, then a great catch, and then obviously that fantastic save against Salah, but. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, what, how do you feel about Wilder's sort of how he's handled it? I was obviously he's getting a lot of stick from neutral fans and in the media, aren't they? So, <laughs> uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was the right thing to say, to be honest. Um, maybe if Henderson had only come to the club this season, uh, and this was his first kind of high-profile mistake, yeah. then perhaps it would have been true. I, I, I actually doubt that he would have said that, Wilder. Um, so, yeah, what did he say then? He basically said. I'm not going to put my arm around Henderson. You know, he, he made mistakes last season and bounced back. Um, you yeah. know, he has aspirations to play at the highest level. He wants to play for Man United. He wants to play for England. And if he, if he's going to do that, his concentration needs to be better. And he just needs to be better, basically. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I personally don't find anything controversial there at all. Um, I'm, I'm No, I mean, he said, he said that because people are saying, um, like, oh, you should stick up for him because everyone's seen the goal. He can't turn around and say, oh, we're a bit unlucky. And, you know, he... <laughs> I think it'd have looked absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think managers do look ridiculous when, obviously, you could say, "Yeah, he's made a mistake," and you know, we're, we're going to put his arm around him, and no one knows what goes off behind the scenes. But if Wilder had come out and said, "That's just one of those things," I think our, our fans would have been mad about it. Yeah, we'd have seen, that's a massive error that's let us down. Basically, if it had said like, "Well, you know, it's a, it's a rainy day and the balls hit hard, and you know, some you know, sometimes it just just happens where the keeper yeah. doesn't grasp it properly," because. Those things are true. Um, the other thing is a defender slides in to block the shot, which temporarily obscures uh, his sight of it as well. Those, mm. if you wanted to, if a manager wanted to come out and uh, what's the word there that's not swearing? Um, <laughs> basically, lie. <laughs> Let's just, uh, obfuscate, yeah. obfuscate the truth about what actually happened, <laughs> and, and try and defend their uh, defend their player. Then, then he could have done that, I think. But 
No, I, I don't think he should do that because we've seen it already. Henderson makes mistakes. Young goalkeepers make mistakes. Experienced goalkeepers make mistakes. Lloris yesterday on Saturday. I don't know if you've seen that goal. I have uh, Southampton's goal. Yeah, what happened? Then he just tried. Lloris tried. He basically tries to do what? Sorry, he tries to do what Henderson did against Leeds to a degree. Yeah. You know, just a, a, tries to take someone on or whatever, and he gets tackled and he goes straight in. Yeah. It happens. And that's the France national goalkeeper. Yeah, indeed. Although he did something very similar in the actual World Cup final, didn't he? Like passed it straight to uh, the Croatian player, I think. Um, Yeah, this is what it is. It's one of those, De Gea made countless mistakes last year and he's just signed like a a 250 grand a week contract. Yeah, so I didn't, I I guess like uh, my emotional reaction was not like, Henderson, what have you done? I'm so angry at you, this kind of thing. Like, he can't, He's not good enough, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, oh, I can't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe he'd done it. I know he's he's made mistakes in the past, as I said, and, you know, all goalkeepers do, but it was just like, oh, no, can you can you believe that that's just happened in this situation? Like, you know, when we're, when we're really going toe-to-toe with, uh, with the best team in Europe and, mm-hmm. yeah, the best team in the Premier League this season so far... Um, so that's it was the thing. It was that. Sorry, it was just that goal. It was that sort. The way it went in. As I said, if they'd have, they had a free kick about two minutes before, and I think, but it's Salah who blasted it miles over. But I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold. If that had gone in, I'd have come out and I said, "Well, that's you know, that's why they're the European champions." Mm. But to lose it like that, that's where you're coming out, just going, "Ah, oh, no." <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, with, with Henderson, you know, as you said, he made that he made that fantastic save from uh, the one-on-one with Salah. I mean. That is, you know, that's about as as big a chance as you're probably going to get on the football pitch, regardless of who who's on the ball. You know, whether it's Connor Salmon or, or Mo Salah, that's an incredible chance. And yeah, he makes a brilliant save from the one on one. So that was, you know, that did make me feel a bit better about the overall situation. I think um, in terms of like, yeah, I think not only not only the sort of the state of the game, but also his mentality as well of like. I'm straight back into it, basically. I'm not. He made, you know, say he made a couple of. There were routine catches. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but rainy conditions, and you're thinking, after that's just happened, he must have been. Don't spill one or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. It, it must. I mean, there were a low shot, really soft shot, but again, it's skidding the ground. You know, he's. I've got no doubt he'll bounce back. I do have some concerns with the like, amount of mistakes he does make because they're quite big errors. Um, obviously, he made a huge one against Chelsea. One against Leeds last season, the Villa one last season. But at the same time, it's picked me out a goalkeeper who doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I might, I might uh, take issue with you on the Chelsea one. I feel that was more like just weak goalkeeping rather than like... Yeah. Uh, like a, like, yeah, I don't think that's on the same category as like... Well, I'd say yeah, two goals this yeah. season. That's how I'd put it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and then, yeah, the flip side is he's made some great saves as well as, yeah. as he did in this yeah, game. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think... Um, you know, we saw last season how quickly he does bounce back from these things, and they, you know, they do tend to be uh, isolated incidents. I mean, if you look at um, Jack Butland's the extreme example right now, isn't he? If, I mean, yeah. I think we were texting about this, weren't we, on um, on Friday? Yeah. Just, Butland just looks like he has the yips, like whatever the goalkeeping equivalent of that is, where he's. It's like his limbs just aren't working properly, and it's like what happened to Joe Hart to a degree, where mm. Joe Hart was the best keeper in England for a couple of years, and then. Well, we've seen how his career's never got back to any sort of standard of, you know, that he's going to be in the England squad or anything like that. And Butland, yeah, I mean, I know keepers go through that sort of thing, but it's, this has last, happened like a season and a half now, something yeah. like that. And, and yeah, so my, my point is I really don't feel that's the case with Henderson at all. Um, no, I don't, and no. He seems, you know, he's such a, a 
<laughs> such a cocky bugger and all, isn't he? Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he'll be uh, beating himself up over it, but um, I doubt he'll think much less of himself uh, and his goalkeeping ability. No. Uh, and I mean that in a positive way. I don't mean he doesn't care. But, um... Yeah, he doesn't he don't strike me as like a George Long, I think, once he made a few, few mistakes, mm. you thought he's never going to come back from this because he just always looked jittery at Bramall Lane. He, he never really did, did he? And then he never did. No, I and mean, he's doing okay at the moment. I think, is, I think he's playing for Holland at the moment. I, he I, is, I yeah. I mean, yeah. with United, certainly, there was never a chance he was going to play for us again. No, and I think those mistakes that he made, sort of quite a few in a row, I don't think he had the, the elite mentality. I think Henderson has got the mentality. Yeah. Now it's just about you know proving it with the concentration levels and and obviously you're cutting out these sort of errors yeah i think so um and i think actually we should shout out the uh the crowd reaction as well um to the goal it was just like almost yeah. instant like support for henderson i think which is is good because yeah, you just mentioned george long there i mean yeah I, I don't think it's an extreme take to say that the crowd reaction um damaged his ability as a goalkeeper and you know put him in a really bad place where we you know we were all just fretting every time a shot went in or, yeah. or went into the box and yeah so the reason it, behind that is Henderson's done enough to earn that sort of support yeah. from us as well he, he was fantastic kept more clean sheets than any other goal last year uh over the Middlesbrough uh than Randolph but he's earned that and you've got to you've got to stick by him when he's going through a bad patch he's a young, bad patch. He's a young lad and yeah, you know, it's a fresh experience from in the Premier League. Obviously, there's more focus on him. And if he's going to carry on like sort of making mistakes, he'll get taken out. There's no need to berate him for something that I think he already knows was a huge error. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, to return to what you kind of uh, you kind of mentioned earlier, yeah, there's. Uh... Oh, I don't want to rise to talk sport, but uh, it seems like everyone else has already, <laughs> so we can at least mention it. So, yeah, what what is this? I haven't actually watched the video because I generally don't because I just think this is just clickbait nonsense, but it's just describing uh, Wilder's comments as, was it dinosaur yeah. management or something like that? Yeah, Natalie Sawyer, um, the former OQ reader at <laughs> Sky Sports <laughs> News, uh, so she was saying that it's dinosaur management and you can't act like this anymore with players, especially not on... She said something ridiculous as like, especially not nowadays with social media. And it's like, what? what? Why? He's not going on social media slagging him off. Mm. So, yeah, she was just basically... I mean, he did it... We know what Wilder's like. And I think you said it last... The beginning of this season, that people were going to be taken aback with how honest he was. And I've seen some other fans say, no, this this is all an act from Wilder. He, you know, he, he'll, he's just saying these things. Well, he, he's been saying it for three years. He doesn't... Yeah colour it any different way Billy Sharp in the studio at BT after my friend messaged me and they basically asked him you know behind the scenes is he any different and he said no that he'll be saying exactly the same to the dressing room as what he said and it's weird to have that honesty isn't it I suppose from certain people well yeah weird is absolutely the right word because I mean yeah you're right I did say before the season um, I think some people will be taken aback by Wilder's honesty but I have to say I'm surprised by how surprised people are like it's like every single thing Wilder says seems to provoke some kind of shock in the football media and it's like but he's not saying anything particularly controversial no no quite the opposite I mean he's a bloke with high standards he's a you know he's a He's a winner. Look at his promotions. Look and, at his record. And the thing about football is it's changing they're not children you know I remember no. right off when um I've this only interview I've seen before I'd like before I was born, but I think they, they they won a European Cup side second leg and they cut to Brian Clough and he goes, Well Peter Shilton let us down massively in the first leg, so we've had to bring and if Wilder had said that, then people would be going, Oh my, well, what's he saying? Well, I don't see the difference. They're the same you uh, know. It's, oh yeah, it's frustrating because it's 
it's not a new, it's not an old school style of management to me. It's just being no. genuinely honest. Honest. If you were, if you were coming out and saying, you know, oh, we were absolutely rubbish when we won three 0 then you'd be saying, well, yeah, that's a bit. Well, I don't know what he's trying to do there. But everything he said were completely spot on. Yeah, I mean, it's if anything, it's it's really progressive man management, squad management, squad building, because it just shows like. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are going to be England's goalkeeper for the next 10 years. Mm. You have to do better. If you're going to play for Sheffield United, my team, you have to do better. And I mean, that's that's amazing to me. I, I want that every day from my manager. I mean, I've always said it's, it's incredible having a, a manager who has higher expectations and standards than a lot of the fans do. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's incredibly refreshing. And I, I don't know, I, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really stunned by people being surprised by it. I, I had a sort of, uh, a, a Poorly thought out, but uh, I haven't thought of a counter-argument to it yet, theory that I just came up with earlier, which is I kind of wonder if the wider media has a sort of level of expectation of what a promoted manager, a, a manager of a promoted team should say mm. um, and occasionally... What they should expect. Yeah. What they should expect. And, you know, so we're maybe maybe in their eyes we should be saying, oh, weren't we unlucky today? And I'm really proud of the players for how well they did and all this. And that's not... That's not how we've got where we are. Um, no. In terms of like, and let's you know, be honest. I mean, another argument to it is, yeah, he's picked Henderson out. I didn't pick him out. Obviously, he had to make a. Yeah, obviously, we're going to talk about the goal. Last week, he was defending David McGoldrick to the hill. I think he knows what mm. players to do it with and what players not to do it. With. He's not an idiot. <laughs> you know? No, exactly. Uh, when we missed chances last week, I don't remember him. I remember actually in defending David McGoldrick against Southampton. So. You know, he's not just this like sort of emotional idiot after a game who's just <laughs> ranting. Yeah. He does pick his players out and he picks people out who he thinks he can. You know, I've heard him pick out like different people in the past and then not have a go at other certain other players. He never uh, criticizes Leon Clark, for instance, because mm. of Leon, Leon Clark's temperament, probably. Cr- criticized Mark Duffy quite a lot in the past, so, and even Billy Sharp to a degree. Mm. I think he knows what players can take it and what players can't, and we all know Henderson's probably the cockiest person in the squad, so he can't <laughs> act like that if he can't take the criticism. He might be the cockiest person in England, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, I was pleased for him uh, to make that save from Salah, because, um, yeah, that was like, that's, that's a, as soon as that ball goes through to Salah, I was like, oh, the game's over here, 2-0. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, well well done, Sheffield United, he had a good go, but ultimately got undone by a better team. But yeah. yeah, he made a big save, kept us in it, gave us a chance to, uh, to to get something out of the game, but unfortunately we didn't. Um, I have to say, and it was only really um, when I watched the extended highlights afterwards, this was a really, really good game of football, yeah, I thought. for a, You know, maybe Liverpool fans might take issue with that, but, um, you know, back and forth, real, like... Uh, you know, full effort from both teams. Some some great bits of individual play. Some great team moves, and um, yeah, so much to be proud of from from us. I think. I mean, yeah, just quickly on the Liverpool fans. I mean, I don't want to do this sort of point scoring. Uh, oh, we're so much louder than you, kind of thing. But I was really surprised by how quiet they are. Like, absolutely. Or, or rather, rather, they were. I'm sure they'll be much more loud for. I don't know when they go to Old Trafford or something like that, but. Yeah, I mean, you were sat above him, and you, you basically... Yeah, I was sitting up here, and I think they sung three times, and you can hear him obviously. When we played Leicester away, uh, sorry, Leicester at home, uh, on the upper tier, all you could hear were Leicester all the way through. I don't know mm. if that came to the cop. Yeah, South- it did, yeah. Uh, yeah, Southampton South were really loud, yeah. They were loud. Um, Palace fans not as much, but more so than Liverpool fans, and 
I can only imagine that it's because it's so nerve-wracking that they can't lose a game. <laughs> because <laughs> if they lose a game, then their season is, I won't say it's over, but, you know, that's a huge, huge dent, isn't it? If they yeah. the one game, that's the only thing I can put it... They went mad at the end, don't get me wrong. I don't know if you saw... Like the, I don't know how quick you left the ground, but they were going absolutely mad at the players at the end and like celebrating. Oh, I did see that, yeah. And then you think, yeah, fair enough, it's an important win. And I know they weren't at the best. And I know, you know, it must have been like a, a nerve-wracking game from their point of view, more so than ours. But, yeah, they were really surprised. They're definitely, in terms of ratio to numbers, they're the quietest fans that, you know, I've, I've ever seen at Bramall mm. The rest of the, the actual atmosphere from United fans, again, not to do the, we our fans are amazing kind of thing. But yeah. yeah, it was a really good, for a lunchtime kickoff as well, which is a traditional dampener of uh, any kind yeah. of enthusiasm. And, and certainly after the Southampton game, where I did think the atmosphere was very good, this was, uh, yeah, this was great. I, I was a little worried, but they have been an earlier game, I thought, mm. yeah, we need to, be, obviously the, the fans are, we're going to be a huge, important thing if we're going to get something. I was a bit worried with the earlier kickoff there, it were going to be, but I brought for it, to be honest. I don't know how you felt going into the ground. I oh, yeah. Really looking yeah. forward to it because it's the first game, uh, you could argue less than maybe, but it's the first game that I think we've had at home that we've, yeah, we're going to lose, you know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter if we lose. I know that sounds, uh, Wilder kill me if I hear me saying <laughs> it, but you, you know what I mean? It's it's the one game, it's one of the two games this season where you go in and thinking we're going to, something mega is going to have to happen here for us to get something. Yeah, and as it happened, something mega almost did happen. Oh, we, yeah. we played so well. I mean, uh, am I am I wrong to think this was our best overall performance of the season? No, I've wrote that yeah. exactly. We've got plaudits from all, all over the place as well. I was reading Twitter straight after the game in the pub and stuff, and I just put Sheffield United in. It was team, you know, fans from other teams just saying, this Sheffield United team are brilliant and they were so unlucky. And, and I hate all that plucky underdog mm. stuff, but... I think the way we played, it wasn't a Warnock backs to the wall, let's defend cup tie sort of thing. We actually matched them in terms of attacking play, counter-attacking. What I actually saw a funny Man United fan, Man United fan said, uh, I think Sheffield United are actually better than us. And then another one replied, is that supposed to be a compliment? Because it's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite light. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know a few Liverpool fans and they were like, wow, you know, you guys are going to cause like a lot of a lot of good teams, a lot of problems this season. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've got away with that one. And yeah, you can definitely... You can definitely say that Liverpool underperformed in terms yeah. of like what their lo- normal levels are, but I mean that's such a trend against United, isn't it? Every time, yep. every time we take something off other teams, it's because it's the worst they've played all season. Well, obviously on the view from that's all I get. That's all you mm. say. That's the worst we've played. That's the worst we've played. But you look at the players we've kept out. Wilfred Zaha did nothing against us. Yeah. Uh, Moyes Keane did nothing against us. Uh, Sigurdsson did nothing against us. Mm. Uh, there's only really out of the big big players. There's only Tammy Abraham, I think that has actually caused us real issues. That's not a coincidence. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, so Salah and uh, Mane definitely had chances in this game. I think I think if you're a Liverpool fan, you can say uh, we deserve to win the game, we being Liverpool, obviously. Yeah. Um, because we created some of the big, best chances of the game. Yeah. Um, the flip side is uh, a draw would not really have been a, a shambles by any stretch either. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned how good we were on the counter-attack. This is, this is why I'm like quite high on our chances for the rest of the season because I didn't I don't have us down as a counter-attacking team like no. that certainly felt like a weakness going into the season like in these games where we have less than I don't know less than 40% possession we had we actually had 29.6 29, yeah yeah in this one um how are we going to score like how are we going to get up the field quickly well <laughs> watch that game and just yeah. watch us I mean I was worried without McGoldrick and uh, obviously Moose being on the bench I was mm. thinking 
there's no link up man there really there's no pace I don't know how we're going to break when because we, we're going to have to be fast out in numbers because they're a quick team at the back and up front mm-hmm. but I thought Fleck and Lundstrom were so good in supporting the front two particularly Fleck running with the ball yeah. It, yeah I think in the past three games or whatever it is since he's come back is it three games since he's come back in it is three yeah yeah I think he's, that's the best run of games he's had since the league one season but obviously at a much higher level yeah, I'm just trying to think if I can uh, if I can disagree with that. I'm not sure I can, to be honest. I mean, I, I've wrote down as one of my points as well. Yeah, it's um, it's three really really good games in a row since he got back in the team. Yeah, um, created two chances himself. Uh, there was a couple of them runs from from deep. I mean, the one with the ball where he um, in the second half where he he checked back inside on on Mat- I think it was Matip the yeah. defender. And then he kind of had his shot blocked, and I was like, "Oh, you know." That was the second most frustrating thing of the day for me. That obviously the goal's the first one, and that one you were like, "Shoot, shoot!" On your left foot, that's it. And they just did everything like, "Ah, yeah." But it's an incredible run, like just you know, powering past midfielders. Who, yeah, I mean, Fabinho and Henderson; these are like international class midfielders, like some of the best midfielders in the Premier League. And he just like blew past them, and then yeah, great. So it was good composure to tuck inside, and if he. You know, if he finishes, we're going like, wow, the, what a goal that is. You know, get that yeah. in your goal of the season list. Um, but unfortunately, it was blocked and it ran to Lundstrom and his shot was blocked as well. I think he did the right thing once he knew, he realised, I think, that he'd taken it too far to shoot with mm. his left. So it was really clever to go, you know, to turn inside. But by that point, the chance, and he should have probably laid it back to Lundstrom, to be fair. I don't, if you've seen the, the highlights, there's, not, there's nobody on Lundstrom. But yeah. in the heat of the moment, I'm not going to have a go in for that. No, and that's again that kind of feeds back into this thing of like how do we how do we get forward quickly again? Well, you know when we don't have much possession, how do we transition into attack really quickly? And to see that from Fleck, I mean you know because we we still have our concerns about you know this flat midfield three and you know the no number ten kind of linking it and it having men up the pitch and stuff. So yeah, if if Fleck can keep doing that, that really does negate that in terms of you know games where we have to be on the counter a little more. Um, and Lundstrom's thing. always there for a shot. I think he probably he is, had a yeah. shot in every game this season, which might not sound like a big thing, but for our midfield, that's it's not something we get a lot of goals from, is it, normally, even in the promotion yeah. season. So I think we've got in Lundstrom someone who can sort of arrive more so than any other midfielders, to be fair. And if Fleck can keep that performance on in terms of running with the ball, because I thought he were excellent in the second half against Everton as well, to be fair to him. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that flat three is looking a lot better. Yeah, agreed. Um, the other thing Fleck did uh, that we should call out is that brilliant tackle um, yeah. in the first half. So Mane hits the post from close range and it runs back to Firmino. Um, and yeah, Fleck just slides in and makes a, a goal-saving tackle with the game obviously still at 0-0 at that point. I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good with and without the ball. Like, I yeah. gave him the man of the match. I mean, my, my friend was watching on BT, so they get it O'Connell and I said, yeah, yeah, but could have been Fleck, could have been Stevens, could have been Lund, mm. you know. You could, I mean, I, don't, I, I hate doing this because we've lost 1-0, but you, you can't ask for much more in a performance than, the, than what we got on Saturday. No. I, take away the mistakes in both areas, which obviously that's the that's what's going to see us struggle um, more than likely if, if those things carry on. But in terms of the individual performances of the player, that, yeah, I thought I'd, nothing but praise for him. Yeah, and I thought, um, you know, people like Robinson, That was, I think that's the best I've seen him uh, in the flesh. Yeah, certainly. He looked, um, he looked like he had a bit more. I mean, I think it, I don't know how good this is due to Van Dyke and Matt, but I think they physically would be Robinson and McBurney were beaten by uh, the Liverpool centre halves. But they offered a lot more in terms of link-up play and a little bit of trickery and stuff like that. I thought 
McBurney worked incredibly hard. He did, yeah. I mean, I know he shows up quite positively in like the uh, defensive stats as well, McBurney. Yeah. I think he, yeah. he blocked a couple of crosses, which was more than like any of the full-backs or midfielders did or anything like that. And yeah, I thought they were both... Um, you know, both of us wanted Musa to start, I think, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, I did. Um, but I think both of them justified... Robinson and McBurney justified their selection, definitely. Um, I, I just like the directness. You know, there's a couple of times McBurney, like... Uh, in the first half, you know, he picked up the ball on the counter attack and then he dribbled into the box and you know sort of dropped his <laughs> shoulder and had a shot. And all right, didn't didn't force a good save or anything like that. It was you know pretty straightforward save. But you know these are the sort of games where you have to try that, don't you? you know, yeah, I'm, exactly. Yeah, you're not going to get that sort of time and stuff. And you, you're going to have to take maybe we took more pot shots than we probably ever have. And Norwood obviously with a long one as well, weren't they? Well, yeah, uh, Alison pushed wide, and you've got to win those sort of games and. Yeah, I think there were definitely positive signs. I don't think they're quite there yet, the front two, and I'm not sure if they'd be my front two going mm. forward. But, yeah, I think coming up against a defence like that, I think they're causing problems and, yeah, uh, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, agreed. Well, yeah, coming looking at the uh, the stats of the game, so, um, yeah, uh, Liverpool almost 2xG um, by understat, uh, but we created over 1 ourselves, 1.17, which is... It's pretty good mm. against that defence. It's a hell of a lot more than we did against Everton, for example. Yeah, yeah. 12 shots for us. Um, but the big thing was 11 inside the box. I mean, you mentioned the pot shots, but mm. to get 11 shots inside the box against Liverpool, that is really good. I mean, they only had eight themselves. Mm. Um, Liverpool created three big chances to our one. Or rather, I should say they had three big chances. Um, they actually only created two. Another one was from a from a mistake. Um and I mentioned that because I thought this was really interesting, actually. So up to they do like your shots and stuff like that, but they they also show like chances created. So in terms of um, you know, did a team basically create a chance themselves or was it given to them? Yeah, United, United created more chances than Liverpool did. It was nine to six. That doesn't um, surprise me in that, to be fair. So I think a lot of their chances came from our mistakes. Agreed, and more from open play as well, which yeah. is you know. To create seven chances from open players, Liverpool is is fantastic, and that's so, where the frustration with Wilder comes in. And obviously, mm, you've got to be taking them, or at least taking one of them, uh, or getting like you know making better decisions in that area. So I can see his frustration, but you know, you, well, I it, I don't want to be too critical because they are a fantastic side, Liverpool, and to to take him that far, you've got to take confidence from it. I said it against Chelsea where we came back that. You, you know, you're not going to get many harder games and we've not just, like, matched them. We've arguably been the better side against Chelsea, this was, against Liverpool. Mm. I think if we'd have come out with a draw, there's no way anyone on The View from, for instance, or their fans would have been saying, oh, we didn't deserve that, we deserve to win. And that yeah. tells you everything about the game. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, yeah, very just just a lot of encouragement to take out of it. Um, mm. Please tell me that Leon Clark was offside. I believe so. <laughs> um, I've seen it back, the chance, but I've not seen anyone say it was offside but at the time because oh that awful one at that moment he came uh, in and I texted like I said well they were a friend who were watching on BT and I texted him and I said how has he missed that was that as easy as it seemed because obviously I'm at the other end um, and he goes oh don't worry we're offside VR maybe he was just trying to make me feel better but <laughs> I, do, I do think he was offside I do think um, I mean that would have been awful Leon Clark 88th minute equaliser against Liverpool making his debut at 34 in the Premier League and then it to be disallowed I think I'd have just finished with football after that <laughs> they'd have yeah, done that. <laughs> that that's a good point that's probably uh, that's probably a worse feeling than, than him missing um, 
Yeah, this was the I think the highest XG chance of the entire match. Oh no, Mane's was Mane's at the post was slightly higher. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, and all right, there's there's a bit of difficulty with the way the ball comes in, but uh, yeah, that was that was not good. Leon Clark, yeah, played in all five of or England's top five divisions now. Um, really, age thirty four. Yeah, so yeah, good effort, good effort by him, but not on that finish. I mean, the, uh, the other start. Do you know who the oldest player was to make the debut before Leon Clark at the, in the Premier League? Mm, no, Chris Lachetti. Oh, Chris Lachetti. <laughs> yeah, thirty-five years old. He made his Premier League debut at thirty-five. Wow. So yeah, so but yeah, I mean, desperate times really <laughs> for Clark. <laughs> I suppose like with what ten minutes to go. But I'm glad he did it. I mean, I know there. Were, I was quite surprised. You told me actually that Ravel Morrison went on the bench, and I'm like. Yeah, I can see it. Then you said, yeah, but Leon Clark's on the bench. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite surprised that um, he got a place on the bench. But Mm. uh, Obviously, McGoldrick injured. um, Yeah, and Sharp obviously suspended as well. He he always likes to have two forwards on the bench, don't he, at least? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he put him on because why not? Why not have a go at it? And that's the only strike we had on the bench left, so. Yeah, um... I can't remember who tweeted me this, but he did say, um, like, th- this person said, uh, I, I kind of wish we brought Freeman on instead of Clark and, like, mm. you know, just tried to, instead of just going, like, here's another striker, um, you know, just try and change formation slightly and try and have a bit more control. But, no, I think it was, I, I mean, it, it kind of worked, didn't it? As you say, yeah. he got, got, he got that the, great he got chance. Yeah, got in the position, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, McBurney needs to get into better positions. I think, like, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm still high on McBurney. I think, but like, I was sort of saying to my brother during the match, I was like, "Why are none of these chances falling to McBurney?" And then you sort of realise, like, well, there is a skill in getting a chance to yeah. fall to you. And all right, maybe he's playing a a particular role where they're not falling to him because he's, you know, he's kind of the the link man that's helping to start these moves and pull defenders out of position. I saw, and stuff. Particularly when Musa came on, I thought McBurney dropped a lot deeper. He were mm. he were almost like playing on a Goldrick sort of sort of role, and Musa was obviously the outlet with his pace. But, yeah, it, I think McBurney, to me, is going to be one of those players that he's going to get a lot of criticism purely because of the transfer fee. But I think if you mm. give him chances, the, the chances McGoldrick's had, for instance, yeah. he's going to be on three or four goals. I can't think of... I mean, I bet, I bet you could count McBurney's chances on one hand at this point. Um, particularly if you uh, rule <laughs> have the ones that are ruled out with VAR. Yeah, I mean, he, had, he obviously had a header, didn't he, off a, off a corner in this game. Uh, yeah. But, that were a half chance at best, I think, that one, to be fair. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to just come back to what you were saying, it's I have no idea what our best strike partnership looks like. Uh, um, and I think I think this is quite a good position to be in, in a way. I mean, they all offer something different. Uh, I think they all have very... I think they all have strengths. You know, it's not like, oh, this guy's fast, but he can't actually do anything with it. You know, they yeah. have like genuine, genuine strengths. Yeah. Um, Musa's little cameo, all right. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't do a great deal in terms of like uh, getting a shot in or anything like that. But again, just looks like such an impact player. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I saw uh, J- you see Jay's tweet about um, you know the, the sort of the, the case for starting him, which I do. I think it is time personally to start him just to if see if he yeah. can do it, you know, from from the off rather than just being an impact sh- uh, sub. Yeah, I got. I, I assume he's still not good to go, like a full. Mm. 75 to 90 minutes or something but yeah. I, I do also get the the idea of like maybe his best uh, impact is going to be against tiring defenders yeah um, I understand that yeah um, but yeah I, I definitely want to see him start so, I, mean, I, there think was that... I just think his performance has justified a start I think it's a bit yeah. harsh so far where 
none of the goal, none of the strikers have really scored. Well, none of them scored more than one, and he's not had a start yet. I'd give him a go, just see how it goes. You know, just yeah. see how we get on. I mean, I love seeing that where he, he just uh, and it was a great ball by Lundstrom as well, like on the counter attack. You see that where yeah. he sort of like yeah. Yeah. outside of the foot, kind of just skimmed it across the turf, and then Musa is just away and. I mean, Matip actually does defend it well, but you could you could definitely tell there was a bit of panic there. Of like, yeah. what on earth am I going to do with this guy? He's like absolutely lightning, and yeah, he, I think he'll be a really good signing for. I think it's be so. interesting because obviously Sharp's back now. You expect McGoldrick to be back as well, um, mm. and be interesting to see who's go- who's going to go with. To be honest, yeah, Watford. Yeah, that is um, that is going to be a real conundrum. I, I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're going to settle on a on a, a, a top two, if you like, mm. um, as, as we you know so clearly had last season with Sharp and McGoldrick. Yeah, um, I think it is. There's going to be a bit a bit of horses for courses and a lot of rotation, I guess, which is is all good, I suppose, if we keep getting the results. Obviously, we didn't in this one, but did everything but finish, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple more things on this before we move on. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah. Flipping egg. <laughs> <laughs> I, so was, I was, go on, sorry. So my, one of my friends would say, is that best performance you've ever seen live, uh, defensive performance? And I said, well, no, because Jack O'Connell at Brentford, but <laughs> always <laughs> a different game. But yeah, that's the he's the best defender I've ever seen in the flesh. For an opposition centre-half, um, I thought John Terry was extremely good for Villa a couple I of years ago. I wrote him down as my other one as, you know, that's the last best centre-half I'd seen. Yeah, I feel like there was another one in the Premier League last time we were there, but I mean, that's like 12 years ago. I think ago, Real Ferdinand played well. He were in his pomp uh, when we oh. uh, when, when we were last in the Premier League as well. I really enjoy use of the word pomp there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was... He was fantastic, um, and I think you know we have to put a bit of respect on his name. To be honest, he was he was unreal. Um, I, I, you know, you mentioned like earlier, you know, which which are the kind of top players that have really kind of done something against us mm. this season. Um, are, you, are you all still there? Sorry, um, are you still there? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. just went quiet for a moment. I thought my no, uh, you went a bit quiet, then he came back in. Sorry, ah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, I thought my uh, suspect Wi-Fi was dropping. Out. No, no. Um, yeah, you mentioned like big players doing stuff against us this season, and and and, and there haven't been that many. But this is one. This is uh, maybe we need to create like a um, uh, hold your hands up Hall of Fame uh, because this is a this was a performance where you just have to hold your hands up and be like. Jeez, that guy is genuinely the best defender in the world. <laughs> That's voted for. Well, every time by, we uh, got a corner, every time we got a corner, we were just saying, just don't aim it anywhere away from Van Dijk. <laughs> even, yeah, you know, even if he's going back to our own half or something, because he would just he won absolutely everything. And I don't think that's a slight on McBurney or Robinson or anyone. I just think no. he was that good. Yeah, uh, ten out of twelve defensive aerial duels. It, it was eleven actually. I think Opta refer. Rounded one mm. down, um, but yeah, it, it wasn't just that because I thought this at the time. I was like, there'll be a couple of things that don't show up on the highlights um, because he stopped a chance. But I swear he saved two goals um, just by reading and clearing crosses. Um, yeah. There was one, I think it, I can't, I think it was for Robinson in the first half where he just got in and cleared it, and then it might have been for Robinson or McBurney. Was that in the uh, second where, half? We it flex ball in. It was flex ball in, yeah. And it was yeah, like, yeah, was, I think it was Robinson. It was like, he's just going to knock it in in the six yard box. But he just, he was the only one that read it. 
and just wellied it away. And you're like, like I mean, brother, just attend to each other. Like, oh, can you just miss one or kick it in your own net or something? Um, That's the thing that gives me encouragement. You know, we're not going to come up against a defender as good as him, um, even at Man City. We're not going to come up against that. If we could create those sort of chances with, like they said, with the flat ball and in the second half in particular, that's a that's a well, I don't know what I, they work XG or anything, but that's that's pretty much a goal, isn't it? You know, if, if he's not there, yeah. So that I mean, yeah, that won't show up in expected goals because it just uh, it just tracks actual shot data. But yeah, to yeah. Actually... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you, you've just got more more of a cha- obviously such a that's a huge chance if anyone but Van yeah. is not playing because it was just it was just like it wasn't a, a superb bit of defending in the sense that it were a, a last gas, last ditch. Just, yeah, just reading it, just just reading the game absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, and he also um, played that incredible ball to Marnie in the first half as well. Um, you know, what was that, like a 60-yard pass? Just straight over the top of the defenders, and then Marnie, fortunately... Um, yeah, that were a poor finish that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was really disappointed in their front three. Well, I say disappointed, I was delighted. But, <laughs> you know, disappointed in like, watching these, you know, the, the big three up front, and I thought... For me, no, weren't bad. I thought Salah and Mane were pretty poor, actually. But that's credit to us again. It is. We did still give them the ball too much on the edge of the area, which is really annoying. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, the other thing I want to just mention is how good Ender Stevens was going forward, but he did also give it away um, at the back a couple of times. And then uh, I think it's Lundstrom sort of miscontrols one for Salah yeah. that, he, that he, Henderson ends up saving. And, I think Basham gave it away a couple of times, didn't he, as well? Yeah, and, and you know, those players all did good things defensively as well, but I was just like, you know, just Liverpool, make them work for this goal. Do not give them the ball on the edge of our area. That is what they want. That's how they score so many goals. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, we, we pretty much did give them a goal in the end yeah. anyway. But, um, yeah, but just finally, uh, final point on this game. Yeah, I thought Ender was absolutely brilliant going forward. And, you know, we really... Um, we really made hay down the left-hand side. I think of all our of those um, nine chances uh, that we created in the game, I think eight of them actually came from the left. Mm. Um, and, so, and you know, quite a lot of that was was from Stevens's play. And you know, there was it wasn't just the sort of crosses and stuff. It was him chipping balls over the top for um, from a Goldrick to run. Uh, no, my Goldrick, sorry, Bernie to run onto, yeah. Robinson to run onto. So I think we just have to say, you know, Ender Stevens is. A very, very good Premier League player at this yeah, point. Yeah, someone again as well. I don't know if you saw that in the, in the first half. Yeah. Uh, so that's every game now, I think. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just, just keep uh, Yeah, I thought he were up there with our best players again. I think it's yeah. really encouraging that likes of him and Fleck and Baldock and Egan in the last few games. They mm. don't look like they're up in the game. They don't look like they're you know, really up for it. They just simply look like they've got the class to be at this level. And I think that's really encouraging. It absolutely is. So yeah, overall feeling, um, you know, pretty, pretty proud. I think I, I, you know, I don't want to be the plucky loser, but I think we can all kind of uh, leave that game with our heads held pretty high, and uh, yeah, should should feel good for the rest of the season. Um, we just got to cut out the mistakes, haven't we? You know, it's it, it's it's weird. If it was one player doing the same thing over and over again, then it's like okay, that is a problem with that player. Um, but for yeah, for for you know, so many different players to be making these mistakes is frustrating. And uh, yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see what the easy solution is. We just, no. we just I mean, I know they'll say, they'll say that like at the Premier League level, you you know you get punished more. But I, I think we've got punished in the Championship for these mistakes as well. They're not yeah. sort of you know, but we are literally gifting goals. You know, we've got obviously mm. the Basham against Leicester. Chelsea uh, with the two goals there, you know, any decent championship striker have scored off those. So it's not, it's not as if we're being punished by the step up in class or anything. 
Yeah, no, and, and we did say that last season as well. I remember a few times they were like, you know, we concede a goal and it's like, oh, that's uh, this is in the championship. I mean, well, that's the difference at this level. You know, mm. teams take their chances. It's like, well, I think teams just take their chances at all levels of football if you uh, if you keep <laughs> yeah. passing it to them or uh, spilling it into the goal, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Overall, um, overall, pretty happy. I think lots lots to be proud of. Frustrating, obviously, in how it went. Um, we do need to cut out the errors, obviously. But mm. yeah, should um, there's a lot to take out of that. I mean, the sort of I think the short version summary is uh, if we play like that in every game, we're not going down. No, <laughs> not at all. Something's I mean, going to have to go horrifically wrong. I'm quite interested to hear uh, Wilder's interview midweek, actually, or Thursday, whenever he does it, is hmm. just to see, see how he's sort of reflected on it because obviously they were, it were quite negative um, to the team after. And I wonder, like, once they've all sat down and watched it all again, and I'm quite interested to see his mood, see if he's still as frustrated as he seemed straight after the game. Hmm. Yeah, I'll look forward to that one as well, actually. Um, let's give out the uh, the Alternative Man of the Match Award. Are you ready for this one? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Nice. So this is brought to you by the Demblades fanzine, which celebrates all things great, strange, amusing, memorable about Sheffield United. Uh, fanzine written and published and distributed by Blades fans. So they gave some special recognition to... Um, yeah, to, to things that may otherwise not get that recognition. And that's what we're going to do with this Alternative Man of the Match Award. So I, I've got a couple of nominees, actually, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you go first. What you got? This is going to sound a bit trite, but I'm going to go for the fans on oh, Saturday. I love it. Go on, make the Just, case. It's easy. You've got. To, I understand it, and I hate it when teams say, we were louder than them and stuff. But it wasn't the loudness. It was the... the I loved like, the, the League One song. You know, we won League One, you'll never see that. that and funny. just getting behind Henderson for me was really, really good to see. And cheering him at the end, It was. it's easy when you lose to, you know, just walk out with your head down and stuff. And we do that many, many times at Sheffield United. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought that was the. that's how that atmosphere has to be every week. So I'll hand them this award or my nomination for this award in the hope that, you know, that will carry on for the rest of the season because it quite obviously made a huge difference. I think so, yeah. No, it was, it was great. Um... Like at full time, that was a that was a moment of pride. I think um, you know because yeah. everyone, like pretty much the whole ground, was singing as the full time whistle blew because it was you know kind of I think I guess we kind of knew like times up you know this yeah. is, as soon as this gets cleared it's uh, uh, it's full time so you know that was great and you see the stand innovation and stuff and I know uh, Wilder caused yet more controversy with uh, <laughs> it was a Southampton game when it way it was like well I'm not gonna not gonna commend the players just for trying hard after yeah. you know giving them a ovation after that one but. Yeah, this one, uh, as you say, it'll be interesting to see if he if he mentions that or he's asked about it. I suppose uh, in his in his next interview. Yeah, I just think that if we're like that every week, that could genuinely. And I hate all this stuff about how important the crowd are and things, but I do think you know at this level with the sort of stadium we've got as well, really enclosed, that that could get to a lot of teams if we can keep that level of noise up. Yeah, and hopefully get to our team as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, spur exactly. them on to, uh, to to efforts as high as that one. Um, all right, I've got two nominees. Um, first of all, I've got to shout out John Egan for... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, John Egan, um, yeah, just to talk about putting your body on the line. This was uh, <laughs> t- taking it to, to new extremes. Um, he obviously uh, he slipped over on the halfway line, and um, uh, I guess Liverpool fans know, know all about... Um, players slipping near the halfway line. Yeah, yeah, I never That's, thought of it like that, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a cheap, cheap shot. Sorry, Liverpool. Um, 
And then basically leaves Firmino with a, more or less a clear run of goal, assuming he can get round him. Instead, Egan, from the floor, makes a tackle with his bonds. I love that. <laughs> I mean, what what a guy. Just I missed, I keep, I've missed a few moments like this season of things like that, because you think, well, that's Egan's ball, and I think, I don't know what I'll do, I'm looking at clock or something, but... <laughs> And then next minute, he's on the floor tackling me with his head. And I'm like, what, what, what? What's just happened there? What? <laughs> you know, I slipped and he just like tackled him with his head. Oh, yeah, natural, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just pretty standard job yeah. at this point. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, my other nominee for alternative uh, man of the match, or maybe, maybe man of the week is probably better, is a, a Sheffield-born youngster made good. Came through uh, the academy of a League One team. Got his move to a Premier League team. And uh, yeah, he goes and scores two goals against Sheffield Wednesday last week, and celebrates. Ah, in, very good. Celebrates very good. in front of the Wednesday Cup in uh, in the, the reverse of Jamie Vardy, which is of course Dominic Calvert Lewin. I mean, I had to mention him because not only does he um, he score twice against Wednesday, he scores against Man City, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and of course he takes the previous Saturday off to not score against Sheffield United. He didn't even get on the pitch, did he? Yeah, didn't, didn't... didn't even get on the pitch. <laughs> the club the club that's kick-started his career, he, he recognised how important that was. And he's like, Marco, I'm going to have to take the week off. I'm, I'm, I'm your best striker. I've scored in every game. That's he's scored, uh, Yeah, he scored in his last three games that he's played in. But it was conspicuous by his absence from that one. So That is really strange. I mean, I know their fans are not happy with him. But on that subject, you see the Wednesday fans trying to claim Vardy scored two yesterday against Newcastle because of what Bruce did to Wednesday. It's like, you can't keep claiming all Vardy's goals. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end up winning their player of the season. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to rename themselves Sheffield Vardy at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the greatest son of Hillsborough. Um so yeah, uh, oh, quite torn on that. I, I like your shout with the fans, though. I, I think I think we uh, I think after watching three straight Premier League home defeats, I think we can we can all be recipients of the uh, the Den Blades. Man yeah, yeah. So. I'm going to say I'm sort of like giving it to myself, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, everyone, give yourself a pat on the back and pour yourself a, a glass of something this evening. Good effort by you. So yeah, there we go. That's the the Den Blades alternative man of the match. You can pick up the fanzine from denblades.co.uk and yeah I, I definitely recommend checking it out because it is uh, always extremely well put together the content is fantastic it's uh, you know always really nicely designed as well and uh, yeah looking forward to uh, the next edition hitting my doormat in, uh, yeah, in the next sweet, few days I suppose yeah, yeah. nice one alright uh, so before we wrap up there, <laughs> do you want to mention anything from uh, Sheffield United Sunderland last week in the League Cup uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> So we, yeah. we went to this, we had a, we had a Blades pod outing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I, I guess it went as I expected, is probably what you can say. Yeah. It was. Um, I completely forgot about it. When you were saying, like, when you were like, building that up, I thought, what's he talking? Oh, yeah, Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think probably by the time we uh, we got to the pub after the game, I'd already sort of got over it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we just see now, and it'll be the same in the FA Cup as well. If you make that many changes with this, with United. Um, we're just not very good. Like yeah. you know, we play in such a particular way. We're so reliant on the back three um, being comfortable on the ball and you know getting it into midfield that you take that out, you take the midfield out, you take the strikers out. Um, yeah, it's, not it's good. just too much. I think there's a lot. Of, I saw a lot of comments again with people saying, "Oh, you know that show, our second eleven's not good enough." And we said this against Barnet last season. Look how yeah. Lundstrom's come out They're awful in that game. Stearman came in for three, three or four games at the end were brilliant. Crazy. It's just the amount of changes. It's not necessarily the players. Fight were quite poor when he came on. He were absolutely amazing against Liverpool. So mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't... Um... And I, I, I thought, uh, so Moose and Robinson started and they both came off after about 55 minutes, which I thought was a, a pretty big signal of where our priorities lay. Um, and I, I definitely saw some players pulling out of tackles a couple of times as well, of like, yeah. just don't get injured. So, no, I mean, I, I understand why people might be disappointed in terms of like, oh, there's no cup run. And, you know, if you, uh, if you look at who's suddenly going to play next, it's Oxford. So, you know, that's a very winnable next tie. And then suddenly you're into the quarterfinals I think yeah. it might be after that but no we, I mean yeah it it just it has to be Premier League for me um, maybe next season if we stay up we can try yeah, and take I mean, these cups really a bit more seriously these last couple of seasons have not bothered me at all with the course mainly because what, what we've achieved in terms of promotion last season it's understandable that he's going to go down that same route again after it worked last season yeah, no, I think so. Um, that was probably the hardest man of the match vote I've uh, I've ever seen. By the way, <laughs> that one. Oh, really? I think it was Bessich. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, how can you? <laughs> I just don't think anyone played well. I think you'd have to give it That's to. Uh, yeah, I think you'd have to give it to Robinson or Musa. To be honest, they were the only two yeah, that actually yeah. did anything in the whole game. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of frustrating, but um, yeah, certainly not one that I lost sleep over. And especially as you say, when. You see how well we played um, against Liverpool. I mean, yeah. Wilder said that, didn't he? He was like, uh, if this game had been on Tuesday and maybe it was a 3 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, then you know maybe I'd have played more of my first team. But yeah, it's yeah. Just, you can't. There's such a short turnaround. You can't risk players going into. The yeah, and I, I don't. I won't say it's backfired because we lost to Liverpool. I think to get that performance proves we didn't backfire. You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, so next is Watford away and, and as I, I pat myself on the back as I correctly predicted about three or four weeks ago uh, Watford would not have a win by the time that we play them and that's exactly <laughs> what we have um, yeah. lost to Wolves most recently away um, and they got tanked by Man City the game before that um, this is a harder game than it looks on paper not to do the uh, not to big up every team that we play but Watford have actually not been that bad. Um, they have taken the fourth highest amount of shots per game, the third most inside the box. Uh, defensively, uh, they're allowing the eighth lowest amount of shots per game. Uh, in terms of XG, they are right in the middle of the pack. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I think they are ninth or tenth. Um, yeah, ninth. Yeah, right yeah. Down, so actually, yeah. slightly more creative than us. Defensively, all right. Defensively, horror show, worst in the league at the moment. Yeah. However, a big chunk of that is Man City. I think Man City put up like almost four xG against them in scoring eight. So if you, yeah. you know, if you strip that out, they come right back to the middle of the pack. That one game. I think they're so, fine. The possession stats as well. Uh, yeah, they were actually. Yeah, um, I think they were like fourth or fifth or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, just this is not a. This is not a Fulham or Huddersfield of last season. Um, I, I actually, I, I wonder what odds you get, but I don't think they'll go down. I think they'll, I think they'll string some results together soon. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one. Yeah, um, because I, what worries me is because I think after the Liverpool game, our, our expectations levels of the fans, even that, me and you included, it goes up, doesn't it? And you look, mm-hmm. what we've got now? It's bottom of the league. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, what a chance to win, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's a massive game. Because if we win, we go nine points above it with a miles better goal difference. And mm. I think that's so hard to make up in the Premier League. It's almost ten points to make up. 
Yeah, it is. So you could argue, I mean, I don't want to get jump ahead, and we saw it, obviously, the season we went down, I think at one point we were 10 points ahead of West Ham. Uh, you know, that's almost like a relegation place already not to worry about for us in a way, as long as we don't go on a massive collapse. Because that's yeah. 10 points, that's, what, three three wins and a draw. That's a tough, tough ask for them to pull back. They're going to have to go on a... Because they've not really had a hard start on paper. They've got Tottenham the week after us. Uh, sorry, after the international break. They've still not played Liverpool. They've still not played... Um, I, don't know, I don't know how good these these teams are this season, really, but hmm. Chelsea or Man United, or they've still not played Leicester. They've got a lot of hard games to come. Hmm. But yeah. they really, their fans know it's a massive game. It, I, I went on their forum earlier, and normally you don't really get any points about the match until about two days before. It's like up to three pages already on their forum. Just talking, right. uh, um, quite doom and gloom. <laughs> but they realise how big it is. One of them says, like for instance, if you lose this, the other boats will be in danger of disappearing over the horizon. They'd still be time to play catch up. But if we lose, uh, then there will be seemingly little idea how to how we're going to achieve catching up. Yeah. And then so, well, so, sorry, this is the biggest game since the promotion season. Interesting. Yeah. I think I, I think this helps us though, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, like yeah. You know, because uh well, without interviewing every single Watford fan, I would imagine more will expect us to beat uh, expect them to beat us than will not. Like yeah, I would imagine it would be yeah. more than fifty percent of Watford fans will expect well, I think us to beat because it's like yeah, I think they're worried because it's like us. If, for instance, last season, if we were on a seven-match unbeaten run, uh, sorry, losing, uh, you know, not winning, and then we had Ipswich at home, we'd expect to win, but you'd be thinking we need to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is not just sort of. I think if they lose against us, if and then, like I said, they've got Tottenham the week after, they're already sort of. You know, I won't be surprised even if like the manager went again, like in December, if they're not out of the bottom three. Oh, that's, I, I mean, that's the thing, on, isn't it? Go on, yeah. Sorry, I take on board what you're saying about I think they'll stay up because they've got the players and the the stats all point against it. But, you know, after after the Tottenham game next week, we're a quarter of the way through the season pretty much. Mm. And if they've still not won by then, because you don't expect to take points off Tottenham, that's a lot to make up. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the thing I was going to just jump in and say is, uh, you know, they've already played the, uh, the change the manager card. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so in theory, they have their man at the moment. Otherwise, they wouldn't have hired him and they wouldn't have sacked um, Gracia. You know, they obviously think this is the best play to get us uh, out of trouble. And yeah, it's obviously not not off to a great start for them. Um, yeah, is uh, yeah. I think I think that's you know, obviously playing a team at the bottom of the league, you think you have a better chance of winning. But I think I think the particular circumstances around the game of like. They will probably expect to be as that. They're going to be sold for it. They, they naturally are going to look at this and think we are not going to get a better chance coming up for the next few mm. games or whatever to get three points. Just looking now, they've got Tottenham away after us, then Bournemouth, uh, and then Chelsea. So they're going to be looking at this and saying this is a must, must win. Yeah, if you don't win that, you might be looking at uh, how many games have played? Eight games. Uh, eight games, games, yeah, you could be looking eight at games, yeah. eleven games without a win. Yeah, and that is a lot. That that's when it becomes sort of we are in, you know, serious, serious trouble already. So yeah. this is out of the next four games, like I said, they've got Tottenham away, Bournemouth at home and then Chelsea at home. They're gonna be looking at this one as the one that they need to pick points up from. Yeah. Um I almost don't want to say this in case I jinx it, but it, it may just be that they're really bad at finishing as well, you know. I mean, I, you know, I quoted the XG stats there as like, you know, be pretty decent. Um but it may just be that they are not good at finishing chances. Um, yeah. And, and maybe that won't, you know, regress to me. And maybe they won't catch up on that. Maybe they will this weekend. It's just, you know, one just flies in from 20-odd yards or something. But, 
Yeah, it, it may be that they have a combination of like they can't finish and their defense is um, yeah, you know, mediocre well, to poor. That basically backs up what they're saying on their forum so far. They're basically saying we will give away at least two or three incredibly good chances to Sheffield United. Basically, like what we've done to be honest. Like you yeah. know, they're making really bad mistakes. Um, so, so I do expect to have a few chances, but at the same time, it, it seems like I mean, as, as the only time I've seen in the season were against Arsenal, and they they should have come. They realistically could have won that five or six two. Yeah, but they missed so many chances. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal have the highest uh, shots per game against them at the moment um, in the entire Premier League. They, Is that right? I didn't realise. Yeah, that. I'm ninety percent sure that was what I saw earlier when I uh, when I was looking up how how uh, Watford have been getting on. Um, I mean, they well, just Man United to play Arsenal tonight, and um, if Man if Arsenal win three 0 we go above Man United. So <laughs> come on, you Gooners! <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, I'm looking forward to that big game actually. Yeah, uh, yeah Arsenal, uh, eighteen point three shots against per game, more than every other team in the league. Villa, wow, uh, it's, a, it's a full shot per game more than Villa and Norwich, and it is. Um, yeah, what Watford? Yeah, Watford are twelve point four. We're twelve point one, so we're about the same on that one. So yeah, they, on the uh, subject of what you're saying, like Villa and Norwich, the results went for us this weekend in a big way. I thought again, they did. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up with that. Actually, um, yeah, I was definitely uh, you know early kickoff. Is this our first time we've had an early kickoff this season? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've not played for yeah. either of so, so. so it was a slightly unusual experience. I was in the pub before, and I was like, "Oh, what's the early kickoff today?" And like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my head, it was already like two o'clock or something. Um, so yeah, like uh, you know, driving um, driving down south on Saturday, and yeah, listen to the other results come in, and you know, it's like our oh, Villa have gone ahead against Burnley again. Like, uh, you know, kind of, I kind of expect them to beat Burnley, but at the same yeah. time, you think like, oh, wouldn't that be nice if they didn't? And yeah, immediately blow it again. Um, who did Norwich lose to? They lost to a poor team. They lost, Palace. they lost to Palace. Yeah, they lost to Palace. Apparently, got outplayed from what I can gather. Uh, Palace mm. with a better side. Southampton lost. Brighton lost. Um, so we, Watford lost obviously that's another one I find it interesting I realise this this weekend particularly I think this is the first time I'm properly I feel like I'm properly defined the cluster of teams I need us to finish above <laughs> yeah like the, the ones that I look for I mean yeah do you know, like I would say every, every week now I'm looking at Watford even though I've said I think they'll stay up I, I do start I stand by that but you know the longer they keep not winning games that's good for us Watford, Newcastle, Villa, Norwich, Brighton. Yeah, I mean, that actually... I mean, there's an argument for Palace, but it's only just on what I've seen of them. Uh, but they're obviously arguing really well at the moment, so... Mm, yeah, Palace are a weird one. I, I, do you know, I probably would put them in that as well. I think that would be my, my six that I'd watch. Yeah. I think there was something the other day, I noticed the odds on Palace to get relegated are still um, not tempting, as in they are, uh, you know, shorter odds than you might think for a team that's kind of in the middle of the pack at the moment. So I don't know if they are, if they have like a really difficult run coming up or something. Oh, like interesting. That. Yeah, I mean, they don't. They seem to have gone on a really good run. I mean, they've only lost two all season, but we well, mm. lost three. But obviously, one of those two was against us, and they've gone on a good run since then. To be fair, obviously beat Man U away as well, and mm. they probably have enough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not certainly expecting them to go down or anything. I watched Newcastle yesterday. They look absolutely hopeless. I know they went down mm. to ten men fairly early doors, but even before that, they were just getting battered. 
Yeah, I said to you, didn't I? I was uh, I was concerned that the uh, the defeat was so bad that they might sack Bruce before uh, before it's too late. It's, so, that's someone said on the radio though. Like, if they do sack Bruce, they, it, it took him ages to get a manager last time, and they ended up with Bruce, which was like the seventh choice. By all, I mean, there's no one begging to knock Newcastle's door down at the moment, is there? Hmm. I guess it comes down to uh, are they better if they have literally no one? <laughs> yeah, yeah Steve Bruce. I don't think Steve Bruce will be manager by the time we play him. I think we play him on first of December. I'll be surprised if he's still there then. I guess it just depends on how how much Ashley wants to dig his heels in. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that is interesting to see how that one's going to play out. Uh, you can get five to one on Palace to go down, so they, they're yeah, still yeah. they're still uh, what is that like? It's about tenth favourite, so they're, they're um, yeah, well, the ninth it, in the league at the moment. So it might be worth a cheeky pound that. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, I, big, big gambler. I can only say like I can only do what what I've seen of him. I've never been impressed, but yeah, they look like they're going to be all right. I think it does seem to be taking shape a little bit now. If you just look at it with Villa, Newcastle, Norwich, Brighton, all around the, you know, the bottom bottom bit of the table. But then Wolves getting the first winners, like seeing them jump from second bottom to thirteen. So it just shows <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, point behind us now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So it just shows you how, how close it all still is, and this is why I think, you know, points are. So this is why I think if we can manage to beat Watford. That's a lot mm. of points to make up. Nine points. I think that's, yeah. I think that'd be a massive, massive result. But I'll be cautious and take a draw. <laughs> yeah. No. I th- yeah. I, I think I would as well. So, uh, Any time we can get a point is going to be good. But yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really interested to see how that one goes. As you say, if if we win, that is huge for us. Mm. Um, but I would just caution you know a defeat is not uh, you know I don't want people to be like oh we just lost to the worst team in the league. Um, no. You know, that's what's happening. We're in a right mess. We've lost three out of our last five games or three out of our last four games or something like that. I think that's I think that's unfair. I think we're still at the stage of the season where you can look at the overall performance level and yeah. say, was that good? If so, if yes, then, you know, we'll probably will pick up more points than we than we don't. So, And if you want yeah. to compare it to the other promoted teams, you know, Norwich have already lost five uh, mm. and Villa have lost four and only won one. So, you know, there's nothing much in it, don't get me wrong, but I think we're doing all right, to be honest. Yeah, I think we're. Also, well, I think, I think we're slightly ahead of where I kind of expected us to be. Yeah, um, yeah. What we and it's quite nice to have that to Liverpool game out of the way to a degree because you're sort of writing that off straight away, and the next yeah. one's even Arsenal at home. You'd be thinking we could get something from that. <sighs> Tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna say it, cause it I, but I know it's a while. But I sort of fancy us. I think just the way we play could cause them all sorts of issues. I, I almost don't want to say it. <laughs> I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it to the uh, to the for the next pod. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, let's let's wrap it up there then. So um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, you know, and, uh, as much as uh, as much as dr- uh, defeats can be uplifting, I feel pretty uplifted by that Liverpool game. Yeah. Um, you know, they they have literally beaten every single team they've played this season and in the last 16 games, and they are the champions of Europe. And we ran them extremely close, and uh, you know, very easily could have got a point from that game at least. So um, yeah, a lot of positives there. And let's see how we get on on Saturday against Watford. Um, Big game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I think that Absolutely. they're going to be up for it. But I think it should be an open game, though. So we haven't lost away since January, as we said, okay. uh, and I'm sure there'll be some listeners going like, "No, don't say this." Why are you <laughs> There's a lot of big games for us in that run of games. Uh, you know, we've we've played high pressure, high stakes, mm. good opponents. Um, so yeah, as you know, if this is this kind of kitchen sink game for Watford, where they're you know absolute, it's their cup final kind of thing. Yeah. Then I don't think that harms us. I think if anything, it could actually play into our hands yeah, a little bit. For us, I think the pressure that they're going to be under is much more than the pressure we're going to be under. 
Exactly. So no concerns about them, uh, you know, mentality-wise, raising the game or anything like that. It just, uh, yeah, I, I think we have enough to to take care of business in that one. So, yeah, look forward to it. I'm hoping to be uh, hoping to be back just in time to uh, to catch a stream of that yeah. one. So, fingers crossed for the traffic on uh, on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> nice one. All right, Andrew. Uh, people check you out on roysviewfrom.com and obviously on Twitter at Panchero, right? Pan- yeah, that's right. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, look out for your Watford preview on Friday. Is that yeah, right? yeah. I might, I might. I don't know. I shouldn't probably say this. I might not do it. But I'm going to try and do like a, a former players view. I think on Wednesday. I've, I've got day off Wednesday, so Ooh. try and do something like that. Like just see how that Coots and all those guys are getting on at the the clubs that left us last season. Oh, I love that. That's a, a good teaser. I'll look out for that one. Yeah, I'm not to do it now, I've said it, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, as I was saying, I think, oh, no. Anyway, I'll do it. <laughs> You're committed. All right, buddy, I'll, uh, I'll speak to you later. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.